Sports Talk Radio every weekend night with Princess Cooper. Never had it so good radio now on 101.1 and it's 24-7, the world's best radio station. In this day and time, stereotypes are the false descriptions for all of humanity. James T. Deshay is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshay has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. You will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshay. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust, vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities you will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com. This is James T. Deshay, the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflection. And I'm here today with you along with Mr. Higgins, my guest host, who is on my show every other Sunday to talk about the things that are impacting uh, people of color. And the day is no different. We want to talk about the chaos that is surrounding our world uh, and what is impacting us is the violence, uh, and the chaos of our society right now. So we want to go to Mr. Higgins so we can uh, talk with him as long as possible and just the things that we need to be concerned about and the movement that seems to be taking place uh, that is going to help us and how social media uh, is impacting our world in such a meaningful way to make us uh, these changes possible. Uh, so, Mr. Higgins, just um, give us a little overview of what it is you want to discuss today. Well, good evening, Mr. Deshay. I, I want to first thank each and all the callers that's calling and listening, you know, listening audience, and thank you for having me on the show this evening so we could discuss this important matter. Um, we're going to, Tonight we're going to discuss, you know, in terms about social media and um, it's positive and negative effects 
and also in we're gonna segue into how it um has an effect on the young people which, you know, was parlayed into correlates with the shooting that happened recently in you know, Florida down there where you're at. And how, you know, we need to be aware of um inability, you know, the the propensity for us to to create, idolize these people that create this this havoc. See, you know, when we we look at, um, you know, and we look at the human nature, human nature, we're creatures of habit, and, you know, we're social creatures, so we're teachers that create a social network, we create a social environment around us in terms of our friends, our families, our status and working, our community, staff status in our community and things of that nature. So each and every person has a need and a want, you know, for these types of endeavors. So when, you know, when we have, when we see things such as the the shooting in Florida and and how um, devastating, you know, how everyone's in shock and how devastating the carnage is, and then, you know, we have to understand this thing happens repeatedly over and over again. Um, we have to understand something that this, you know, we just can't blame the shooter or we just can't blame the actual gun. We have to realize the environment that these, these people are being reared in that will allow them to think that taking a, taking life is, is it has no has no repercussions behind it. You know, you know the, this lack of respect for life that we see in this country is um, directly correlated to why we see mass shootings and why we see so much um, disrespect and anger amongst the citizens of this country. So, you know, it's to tell, now we have to take the time and say, well, where does this happen? Like, you know, you see this thing go on repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly. But no one's took the time to say that who ever well, took the time to listen to that child, you know, before they went off, you know, and, and did these things, you know, what precipitated the fact that would make them that angry and go off and, and, and behave in that manner? And then, you know, we have to start looking at our environment, what, what, we, what we're showing to our kids, you know. Um, we live in a country that for over since for the last 15 to 20 years, we haven't seen a president that has um, has been articulate in the presidential manner that we're used to. I mean, the closest thing we got to it recently was Barack Obama, but even him, his behavior and his, some of his um, rhetoric and the, um, his, his dichotomy was a little less than presidential, you know. And we saw with Bush, you know, his dichotomy, oh, was less than presidential. And now we're seeing it again with um, with um, the the current president, where, you know, his conduct and his dichotomy is less than presidential. So we have to realize that, you know, we're seeing a lack of morality and value to life and respect and, and, and character amongst our leadership. So when we see that amongst our leadership, amongst a lack of morality and character amongst our leadership and a more just like cavalier attitude, you know, you know, to um, as they present to the public, then we, you know, we shouldn't be surprised when we see people who don't have that platform try to create that platform themselves, people who are misguided, um, trying to create, you know, 
five minutes of fame for themselves. People who are so angry, whereas they will, you know, take, you know, matters in their own hands and uh, and take life and, you know, destroy life. And then is when we look at the the conditions and we say, well, how does it reflect on our community? Well, in terms of our community, you know, you see the uproar and the, the uh, you know, how upset, you know, it, it happened in this community, um, unfortunately. But then we negate the fact that although we might not experience 17 shootings at one time or 17 deaths at one time, in our community, you know, we're seeing 17 deaths in a year. We're seeing 17 deaths, you know what I'm saying, in in, in a span of six months. So if we see all of the concern and, and, and action, call to action for, you know, when this other community faces this death and carnage in their environment, you know, we should see the same concern and, and empathy, you know, saying for our community. You know, why is it that when, you know, when someone in that community goes off and goes out of whack, you know, it's like we have this compassionate view and we try to understand them and we actually commemorate them by, by you know, doing exposés on them and then eventually after a few years after the sting of the situation falls falls off, they'll do a a a, 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 a mini series on the situation or something. You know what I mean? And you know this is this is why you continue to see this behavior because people who have no way out or no outlet or no aspect of life, and they say when they're angry and they're at this age in their lives where they where they're conflicted. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, this is the this is the result we're going to see, especially in the environment where we know where we did consume hours and hours of um, television violence, hours and hours of video game violence, hours and hours of audio violence, hours and hours of um, environmental violence, economic violence. I mean, you know, so this is this is what we're going to see, and until we start addressing those issues, unfortunately. Um, you know, this, these things are going to call us, and we're going to continue to see these things. Uh, unfortunately, one of the perpetuators of things is social media. You know, um, now, you know, you, you know, you know, we look at, when we look at the cell phones, we take cell phones, for instance, just for an example, when we take cell phones. And, you know, and, 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 and it's, you know, right now, since this thing has happened, we're not getting reports of the copycat acts of the children that are, you know, calling in and saying bomb threats and, um, you know, shooting threats and this, that, and the other. You know what I mean? But then we, you know, we want to charge the parents. I was made aware about a case of Virginia where a young lady did that, and um, now all of a sudden they want to charge the parents. They want to, um, they charge the young lady. They arrested her. You know what I mean? They, you know, giving her a bail and a bond. But this little girl is 13 years old, and she doesn't have the cognitive skills to even know the ramifications of what she did. You know what I mean? So now, even though we have this this shooting in Florida, you know, it has a reverberance effect. But then when we look at, say, what a little girl called on the cell phone, one of the things, well, why do all kids, our children have cell phones? Cell phones are are instruments that there should be an age limit in terms about where you should be using them because in terms about you people, you can have people call prank calls. You can have an immature people call 911. You can have immature people, you know, think it's okay to, you know, say it's a bomb threat or a shooting or this, that, and other. Why? Because they're immature. You, these people have devices that actually could offset, you know what I'm saying, um, the flow of things in society, cause amber alerts and things of that nature. So, you know, 
and you know, and we wonder why you know we don't understand why you know certain things are going in certain ways, and you know we have to start looking at society on a whole and say, you know, yeah, we like these little things that we have, these little access and technology that we have, but we also have to have the the, the negative repercussions that they have against our communities. Well, you know, I, I have um, I have I must ask you a certain question because it's obvious uh, to me. Uh, that we have there's gender differences and there are um, race differences and you brought up one of those things uh, like for the most part majority of our school shootings and our mass shootings uh, are done by white males and um, mm-hmm. when black males get angry they usually get angry at one or two people and even though they would shoot into a crowd, uh, they still don't end up killing uh, that many individuals at just one time. And so, uh, and uh, women tend not to use guns at all. So uh, I wonder why is it that we live in the same society, but for some reason uh, we decide to use uh, instruments of violence differently. A lot of people of color uh, get involved in domestic violence uh, and end up shooting their lover and their children and themselves. Uh, But for whatever reason, you don't see a lot of teenagers, a lot of black teenagers will go and victimize or kill one specific person, but don't necessarily go to do everybody. Uh, One young black man, young black male, I think it was in Tampa uh, several years ago, got suspended from school and came back with a pistol and killed a teacher. Uh, and mm-hmm. I was on, he didn't shoot anybody else but a teacher. And so it is just interesting how we, uh, we haven't had, to my own knowledge, haven't had one woman yet to go back on campus and um, look to shoot up the school. Uh, and we have yet to have a black individual come in and do the kind of numbers that we're getting involved in yet. We had a black uh, uh, boyfriend come to the room and shoot a teacher and her one of her students. Uh, but, yeah, you know, so why is it that major difference? Why are these, these shootings seemingly um, go in and, and have such a dynamic difference between colors and gender. Well, that one of the reasons, I'm glad you asked that, Mr. Deshaies, because one of the reasons that we have the discrepancy in that regard is because we're different. You know, we live in a society where we have this one-size-fits-all um, remedy for everyone, and the key to the thing about it is that we're all different. That's that should be a red flag in terms about us as African Americans. In terms about you know as we talk about in, integrating with a society that we don't really understand. You know what I mean? And not to say any, I don't want to say anything any negative things about the other demographic, the other group, ethnicity group, because I, I don't have anything negative to say that about them. All that I'm saying is is that 
we have to recognize our differences. We're so much in a situation, we're so ready to assimilate, you know, into another group and assimilate into another uh, uh, um, society and things that in another um, class level and things of that nature. But we don't even understand who we are to say, you know, or our definition of who we are. You know what I mean? So when we're ready to assimilate, you know what I mean? We don't know, understand what we're assimilating into. You know what I mean? Now, in regards to, now, you know, I can hypothesize and use theory in terms about in regards to why we, you know, we, we sit here, you know, we have um, this situation with, the, with you know, with this certain demographic, but we also have to know the history of these people, you know, this demographic. You know what I mean? And once you start to understand the history of this demographic, then you it will start to be clarified in terms about why we see these certain shootings and behaviors. You know what I mean? But we haven't done any history on them, so we don't understand it. You know, in terms about um, in terms about in, 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 in Europe. You know what I'm saying? In terms about how crime and punishment was administered in Europe in um in in in, in um. In in, 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 in in the older days, you understand what I'm saying? It wasn't, you know, crime and punishment wasn't just jail. Crime and punishment actually in those times were, you know, like public floggings and hangings and, you know, impaling and things of that nature. So this this might lead us to start understanding why we, why, why we see, you know, why we see, you know, this thirst quench for blood. You know, I cannot, you know, um, you know specifically identify, you know, um, why they behave in this manner, but I can specifically identify the fact that as people, as human beings, that each ethnicity has some differences. We all have some similarities. Yes, we do. But we all have some differences. But what happens is in the society, you know what I'm saying, where you have a, 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 a one, one, one population that is the dominant population and the other groups are marginalized, you know what I'm saying, we, we tend to assimilate into that culture. You know what I mean? On so many different levels. So, you know, when, you know what I'm saying? When we, when we see the violence in our community and the violence that we see in our community, that is a result of, 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 of the inability to um, handle frustrations, the, you know, the amalgamation of poverty. You know, there's, a, there's a many different, you know, um, aspects and concerns about why do we see the violence in our community? It's not. It's, it, there is. There is. It's traceable. You know what I mean. And it, and it all. And it, if it can be traceable, it also can be removable. We're not given the tools to remove the um this this um this animus this animosity we we see in our community. And then we see a community who's been given this given the tools to um to remove the animus and the animosity. But we still see the behavior. We still see violence. We still see prejudice. Amongst this group, so you like I said, we have to realize that we're different people. You know what I mean? In terms of our people of color, we're more susceptible in terms about to let other people who don't look like us come into our community than we are to let people who look like us come into our community. We look at people who are strangers who might come into our community if they look like us. Now we're ready on the defensive. But when um you know you know um but you know um. When we other people come to our community who don't look like us, we're docile. So you know what I'm saying. We have to we have to start we have to start looking at, at things of that nature. That you know this is creates the environment where we see the violence in our community. We see the anger in our community, and then there's other communities well, let me, where let me you take know a month and, mm-hmm. and go down the list. We have about called in, and I want to ask everyone that same question 
and I, we all know we are not doctors and we're not uh, uh, socialists or people who study uh, uh, the social issues and, and that kind of thing. But uh, just give me your individual thoughts. Why is it that it seems that white males have this need or desire to kill masses of people and people of color, I want to even I want to use people of color instead of just use African Americans. But people of color seemingly uh, only get mad at one or two people, and uh, they're but they're consistently killing or angered at one or two people instead of a, a mass group of individuals. Um, this, let me go first, uh, Nate. Uh, Nate, why do you think, uh, you know, you've had spent some time around uh, white Americans because you went to the service, and certainly you are aware of, I don't think there has been one mass shooting at a predominantly black school. Uh, if there has been, somebody please let me know. Are you there, Nate? You know, uh, yes, I'm here. Yes, sir. Um, good good evening, everybody. Um, yeah. I, I I think I think from from my experiences before, what I think I think it's just the pressure of society itself when it comes to um, white America versus Black America. Like like with, with white white America, for when I say that, mom, dad, them put so much pressure on them to fit in society for society to accept them, and when something when they fail or get upset. The same society they want to take it uh, that they're trying to impress. That's who they want to take it out on. They want to make uh, pay for what they're doing. And as for us, you know, we we normally we're gonna take it out on. I think we've been taught uh, as African Americans take it out on the actual individual who did it to you. Not um, like if you get fired from the job, not take it out on the whole job, but take it out on the boss man itself. But my experience is in the military, especially with the. Um, the soldiers that come from a, like with quote unquote a pedigree background, well, their fathers were colonels and 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 senators and stuff like that, or even rich. I noticed there's so much more pressure on them, and they and it's like failure is not an option. And when they click, they don't have the control to deal with it, and to to because majority of them, like what I've seen, be mad at their fathers. Be mad at uh, their dad because their dad don't put so much pressure on them, and instead of just taking it out or dealing with their dad, they want to punish everybody else. They want to punish everybody else in a way to get back at their dad instead of going after their dad individually. Just so like when I was a kid, my dad just told me, "Don't punish the crowd, punish the one that who done it to you." Now that's just my take on it. I'm like you say, Mister Deshaun, I'm not a doctor, so that's just my personal take on it. Thank you. All right, uh, D. Let me let me go to you, uh, D. It's, it's almost obvious there is a major difference uh, between how people of color deal with their frustrations, and we have a lot of frustrations, and we have a lot of want to get back, uh, and 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 we deal with it inappropriately. But I, if I'm, I really want everybody to let me know if they in their region, I have never heard of a predominantly black school where the majority of people being murdered or killed are African Americans by African Americans 
but yet we shoot each other at a alarming rate. But we do it one at a time or two at a time. We're not doing it in a way to kill a bunch of people at one time. So wh- why is it that, and we know that this is amongst males uh, because women don't seem to be doing it. So why is it that such a difference in how males are handling their frustration? Well, Jamie, that's an excellent question. Good evening, everybody. And um, mm-hmm. I, I can only give you the answer to that question through my life experiences uh, of 60 years plus and my perception of this actual question that, you, that you're asking. Mr. Higgins uh, gave the answer when he said that uh, they are different than us. And everybody's different mm-hmm. individually. Every, all individuals are different than the one individual, but they're actually different from us uh, altogether. Mm-hmm. Now, there was there was one incident in Atlanta about 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 eight years ago, almost eight years ago, where this black man went into uh, uh, McNair High School, and, and this this high school was named after the, uh, the astronaut that died on, on the Columbia in the space space. Mm-hmm. Accident. Uh, this guy went into the school with the intention to shoot up the school. He's a black guy. Now, here's the difference. Um, black people have a a tolerance to to change. We we uh-huh. have we have the mechanism built enough to change. We we can change our perception of things. We have a different respect for life, for uh, basically. So this person went into the school to shoot up the school, and a black teacher, another teacher, talked this guy down, talked him down, uh-huh. uh, talked him down spiritually. He touched his spiritual side, uh-huh. and in that, in that uh, she saved the outcome of that school. And the, the SWAT team and everybody was outside waiting to to uh, interact with this with this. Uh, Situation, and she gave them the okay that the guy was ready to turn himself in, like that. Now, in my observation over these years, white America, and I don't know about I don't know about Norwegians or, or Sweden, and, and none of those, none of them, because I haven't had the, the opportunity to interact with them. But white America have to create their reality. They have uh-huh. to create. As they go, their reality. Black people, on the other hand, have this this knack to adapt to any situation around them. White Americans can't do that. They have to create as they go. That's why Donald Trump is such a asinine fool about everything. He can't. Uh, and and the people that voted for him, they're all about creating their reality. They can't adapt to the reality to the reality that's given to them. So that's a major difference. Like the guy that called in on your show with with and blurted in. I I did go back and listen to that. He could not he could not digest the fact that we have our own show speaking on our own terms, something totally uh opposite to their way of thinking. He couldn't help. So he had to blurt out, he had to regurgitate his Inner emotions, and that's what leads to these uh, actual food shootings 
as opposed to just uh, blatant anger and then just, oh, oh, well, just forget you then. I ain't never coming back. They can't do that. Thank you, James. Uh, Cheryl, I, I want to go to you and ask you the same question because I know over time, since you've been here, you've talked about how you had to move your daughter from one school to the next uh, because uh, she was receiving bullying at the black school, uh, but she was able to to uh, deal with her issues more effectively at the white school. But you and I have to recognize, we recognize though, that it's seemingly more, once violence does break out in white schools, it tends to be extremely uh, bad. Uh, but when violence happens at white, uh, black schools, it tends to be between one or two or a few people. Uh, you know what? Why do you think uh, it is that uh, whites seem to be uh, use such devastating um, results when they become uh, unhappy with the society? Good evening, and how's everyone doing? Um, basically, mm-hmm. on the same lines that um, everybody else is discussing. You know, it's the makeup of the individual. And it's how we are made up, you know. And I I think about it quite often, and I find that um, other races fear, have a lot of fear when it comes to our race. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, they don't even have to really know who we are, but it's like first thing they do they start trying to protect themselves as though, you know, we're going to do something to them. Um, and we are very, very strong. We don't we are able to handle pressure a lot easier. We, um, we tend to take things out on each other. We stay within our own race. And that's why we have a lot of, you know, black-on-black crime. We are Mm -hmm. definitely taught to deal with the individuals and not take it to, you know, well, even think about shooting up or dealing with a crowd opposed to one or two people because we're looking at to get you. Not to set an example, we're not even thinking on those lines. So pretty much it has to do with the makeup of, you know, the individuals and just like Nate was saying, you know, um, being in the military, you find that a lot of, um, and I, I, I believe he said, you know, white individuals have more pressure on them. And I think our pressure is a little bit different. And I don't know if we don't, Expect much of our own self, uh, you know, or what it is. But in the white race, they are pressured to be superior, to be better than, and not just to be who they are. So when they have that pressure and they go off, and I can't even tell you how 
they make up in their thinking as far as how do they come about selecting a group to retaliate against instead of an individual or two. But um, everything in a nutshell is our makeup. You know, it's how each person is made up. You know, and when I say that, I mean as far as mentally, our history, the background, you know, we we bear a lot um, of things and go through a lot of things, and we come out and we still fighting all the time. So that's my um, take on it is the makeup of the um, individuals. All right, Regina, I'm coming to you. You know, we we seemingly have access to the same types of weapons, uh, but again, it seems that for some reason, um, we just have this issue. I uh, just lost Regina. I hope she comes back. But, um, uh, Mr. Higgins, we have access to the same kind of weapons. Uh, mm-hmm. we, and like I said, we will go to a nightclub and we'll get mad at one or two people and come in and shoot up, shoot uh, indiscriminately, but we're not, we're just after one specific individual. But uh, again, like they came in Orlando, the man came after us to kill as many people in the bar as he could. Uh, so we know there's mm-hmm. a lot of violence in our, our nightclub, but it doesn't seem to be that people come in and want to kill everybody in the nightclub. Well, um, Mr. Deshay, it's just like what the callers were saying in regards to uh, our makeup as a as a as a group of people, as you know, and you know we can't negate that in regards to understanding why we don't see that type of behavior in our community. I mean, um, you know, it's like. Like the callers were saying, you know, was that you know the pressure. You know, we deal with our pressure different. You know, we deal with a more of a copingism. It's the same way how, you know, we could use the same Bible and interpret it differently. You know what I mean? So, you know, just because you know, you know, you know, like we 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 live in a society like you know we feel we're all in the same pedigree and we're not. You know. You know, like we all, you know, like they all might be dogs, but they all have different pedigree. You know what I mean? So we all might be human beings, different groups of people, but we all have a different pedigree, and um, that you know um, could be, you know, the reason. And you know, we have to be, you have to be understanding in terms of that. Um, you don't want to slide off and just say an entire group of people. You know what I mean? Because that's the same way we're just saying with us. If it's, you know, like an entire group, every black person is this way. You know, we really want to find out the, the root reasons, but uh, the no, that that's never explored. You know, you know, for someone to want to inflict, you know, that much pain and trauma is because of what has been inflicted on them and their response. Or maybe more, um, the, the gravity of the response may be extremely more detrimental than what was inflicted upon them. But, you know, people, you know, one thing that we can say for sure that, you know, 
the, what we see with these mass shootings or the violence that we see, like when we say that it's a reaction. You know what I'm saying? When we call call it saying when they call and we have problems in our community, it's a reaction. You know what I mean? All right. So now we we, we know this. This is the reaction. So the reaction from what? You know what I'm saying? Some type of disrespect, some type of you know violation. You know what I mean? Even we you know there's some type of violation. You know what I mean? We have to understand that at this point in time, this this there's a different mindset. We're dealing with a different peer group, and we're dealing with people who really don't understand the questions of their actions. You know, many of these people, you know, and and and, and especially you, you know, it, it takes up to you to being about sixteen and seventeen to start realizing that the, you know there's you know repercussions with your actions in regards to you know in terms of major events, you know, a major uh, of, of, of catch up of, of, of something of a large scale, but you know what I'm saying on the smallest you know on the small so. A lot of these kids, you know, they're frustrated, they lash out, and this is what their behavior. But on, at the same token, we're not helping it by not, you know, you know, letting the media, you know, sensationalize this stuff. A lot of this stuff is because the media sensationalizes stuff. Next thing you know, you see these people on the, the front of the newspaper, they're the headlines for the news for a week, you know what I mean? We have to understand that, you know, someone who, you know, who's that frustrated, you might say, well, this is what, I, this is the method I need to take to do this so that I can get to know the body. We have another caller. Let me go to this, uh, 3095, 3095. Give us your name and where you're calling from, and let me know why do you think uh, men of different races tend to handle their frustrations different? And uh, that we have such a uh, dynamic difference in the the way that people interact when they want to be violent. Oh, okay. My name is Terrence from Harlem. Okay. Uh, the question that you asked, the answer to that, of why individuals say that again, Mister Deshay. I can't catch it all because you asked. What, I, what I'm asking okay. you is. We have never seen or I've yet to hear of where a mass shooting took place at a black, predominantly black school where a black individual came in and his desire was to kill as many black people as he could. Now, of course, we know okay. there have been situations where black kids would go into a school and they're after a specific person or a specific couple of people, but never to the degree that we see uh, so repeatedly, right, right, uh, right, right, related to, to white males. Right. All right. To answer that, what I believe is that now this could be my belief. I'm not sure, but I think that once the 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 individual, just say the Caucasian, once they doctor tell them that they diagnose or is a mental, they got a depression. I think they go into a deep depression. And and I think it starts from there of them believing what they've been that they diagnosed with and they act upon it, and and I think that's where it comes from. I think that's where it stems from, you know. And and like they do now is a lot of kids that's getting bullied. So Darren, do that. All in that frame, I think that plays a part as well, you know. So 
I mean, and then with the social media, that's another form of bullying, you know, that's really, you know, on a new level, you know, and and I think that's where it erupts and goes from there. And and I don't want anybody, I don't want to belittle the fact that I think African-American males are violent and they consistently have a lot of anger in them. But, again, they seem to take their anger out on one or two people. Or when they do shoot uh, in, at a crowded place, they're still specifically targeting one or two people. They're not out there trying to kill a mass of individuals. Uh, 3550, this is James DeShea, Thoughts, Love, and Reflection. What What is your thought about why does it seem that uh, we have – uh, people of color who get just as angry and just as mad and have access to the same kind of weapons, uh, but the result seems to be so dramatically different. Say it again. Five, five, zero. Give me your name and where you're calling from. Okay, he he left. Uh, but do you understand what I'm saying, Mr. Higgins? It, it is nowhere near close. Uh, I don't have any research, but because I listen to the news so much, and I'm aware that there are a lot of predominantly black schools across our country, and there are a lot of black kids who are bringing weapons to school, don't get me wrong, but they don't seem to be bringing weapons to school uh, to shoot up all of their classmates. Uh, And so there seems to be a dramatic difference and the way white young men are dealing with their mental issues or their anger issues versus uh, black men, or black young men. Well, well, Mr. Deshay, um, I was once said, it was once said by Voltaire that um, who who you can't who controls you who's who you can't criticize. Now, Voltaire is a, um, one of the thinkers from the Age of Enlightenment, you know, the um, like that, you know, um, Jacques Rousseau, um, did, did Dottie Rasmus, and, and so on and so forth. So um, these are the great thinkers of, the, um, of that century. And so when we're sitting there talking about this other group of people, this is why, you know, you know, we're talking in terms, you know, we kick gloves on because we understand that there's, you know, severe ramifications if, you know, we go into in-depth, you know, in terms about, and that's the problem, you know what I mean? The problem is, is that we can't speak frankly, you know, about, um, you know, in terms about how we feel because, you know, in terms of we have to be politically correct or be through our conversation be misconstrued. But what happens is is that what you see is you see um, what we know understand that they had a book called The Bell Curve. And The Bell Curve is a book, a, psycholo- a book about psychiatry. It's a psychiatry book, and it talks about in regards to about how black men are dis- have a disproportionate to uh, violence and lack of inability to learn and teach and things of that nature. So what happens is is that these shootings that we see are disavowing psychology's um, definition that black males are violent. So 
what happens is we got to understand, so we, even with these so we, we see these shootings, you know, we, we're being labeled in the medical books as being highly strong prone to violence, but now we're seeing in society that, no, these violent acts are not being carried out by us, so why isn't this being why is it this being correlated? You know what I'm saying? Absorbing actually absorbing us from being violent or be exhibiting that type of violence. You know what I mean? You know the fact the fact of the matter is as a group of people we don't understand that there are writing books about us that say we have propensity for violence. We don't understand that they're um, creating dialogue and things of that nature that says. That says, why you think it's okay to shoot a black man every time we turn around? You know what I mean? Okay, yes. And this, and then another thing. How did this young man get through throughout the? Never. Hold on. There were four police officers there that didn't do anything. You know what I mean? So here we go. Here goes the armed, the trained people who were supposed to take the guy down, and they're outside waiting for, for the for the carnage to finish. So, you know, the irony, there's so many different ironies in this situation here and these types of situations that we have to bring to light, you know what I mean? And we, you know, we have to realize that, you know, in, 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 in that regard that when we see what we see in terms of this society, that the real, and psychiatry is this thing called projection. And projection is, is that when I feel something way bad about myself, I keep saying this to other people, or I keep saying this to someone else. When I have insecure feelings about myself, I keep saying this to someone else, and I keep bad-mouthing these other people or this other group of people. And that's what we have in society. You know, we're labeled them bad-mouthed with all these different labels and so have you. But what happens is, is that we'll see it. But what happens, we'll see this behavior being displayed in another group of people, but then even in that, in, in that way, the the, the 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 subject matter is, is, is handled differently, you know. And what will happen? What we're call, we're calling to see, we don't understand in this country, is that through the social media, start seeing the call to so we're being going to be profiled for mental illness. This is the language. This is the let rhetoric me, that you hear. Let me go to. Uh, let me go to D. And D, I'm going to see. I'm going to test you because I'm just going to see what it is. You, you're willing to say or what might be in your feelings. Here a situation where we're told uh, that, just like uh, Ms. Higgins said, that African Americans are seemingly incapable of uh, harnessing their, um, their violent nature, and that we then recognize that here we are uh, with two uh, – both men, black men and white men, handling issues differently. We talk about that there were 18 uh, shootings in America uh, since the beginning of the year in one form or another. And we know that African Americans do seem to be willing to go to their job site and handle a situation in a violent manner. But again, directed at one or two individuals are not necessarily going there to kill everybody in the plant. So, again, how do we deal with the fact that we men, these men who have access to the same type weapons are dealing with the situation so differently? Well, first of all, let me clarify, if I may, that uh, both, both – uh, 
category of men, uh, whether it be white and black. I'm going to say that. Uh, we don't have the same type of weapon um, for two reasons. Uh, the first reason is that um, a lot of times, um, uh, well, the, first, the first reason actually is not, is not our weapon of choice. Uh, AR-15 and the other uh, weapons that, that, that they seem to be able to obtain, and that's the, that's the other reason. They, they have a, the ability to obtain these weapons by two reasons. One of them is uh, they can they can afford it, and the other reason is, uh, for the most part, uh, a lot of uh, uh, black youths uh, that have the capability to to grab these weapons may have messed up their records in some kind of way uh, in the past where they can't actually uh, obtain a weapon like this without getting a red flag. Um, being uh, posted on their application, you know, uh, they they made the scrutiny uh, of obtaining weapons of like these legally so hard for a person of color. Now, but let me tap on tap in on something else real quick. You know, uh, Michelle spoke about the black on black crime that we that we seem to have that we seem to be witnessing. Well, my life, uh, we didn't have black on black crime back in the back prior to the seventies. That wasn't an issue. Black on black crime was not an issue. Now you may have some domestic crimes or domestic violence in in the black community, but black on black crime wasn't an issue until until the hip hop culture made it an issue. And 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 the and the and the obtaining of territory to sell drugs. That's when that's when our black on black crime became an issue. Now, so these people that seem to have uh, the ability to write books about our violent nature and things of that sort, it hasn't always been that way. Our our culture changed, and 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 we went along with that change because we didn't stand up against that change. Now, and I want to say this real quick: uh, when it comes to Donald Trump, Donald Trump is like the great Satan. He's like the salt that's been poured. That's that's being pulled into the wound that of uh, of problems that we already have, and one of these problems is our culture that we have not addressed things in our own neighborhood. So, um, so that's my take on that. And so, uh, I hope I answered the question in, in some kind of way, James. Appreciate. It. All right, uh, let me go back, and I want to go back down and ask everybody this, this particular question too, to see if everybody has. A similar, similar uh, background, and I don't know if this is an age thing or not, but uh, D brought it up. So, Mr. Higgins, let me ask you. I remember here in Orlando, I could go anywhere I wanted to in the surrounding area, date anybody I wanted to. Uh, the schools didn't keep uh, people from coming to their school and going to different school dances. You could go to any school dance you wanted to. You just came in and paid your money. As long as you were the age group or the people at the dance at the school, uh, you were allowed in. And so it wasn't until recently uh, when we come back into the, the, these recent years where people wanted to start marking off territories. And if you came in this neighborhood and 
was dating this certain girl that the girl couldn't date outside her neighborhood and, and all of a sudden. So, you know, where did this come off um, in these young ages of people wanting to mop off territories and and um, East Coast, West Coast, and all of that stuff? So tell me about your experience. Uh, did you have an experience in, in being in the New York area where you were restricted about where you could go and who you could date based on uh, your your living where you lived and and is it is Well, Mr. Deshay, um, things like that don't when I was younger or you know didn't apply to me. You know, um, you know what happens is is that you know. You say you want to know why, why, why all these things happen. Yeah, I just want to know: is there, this, Are you aware that right. now is there some kind of distinguishing um, thing that keeps uh, you? You say there are five boroughs, and so are people just able to go and interact in these different boroughs without being comp, um, without people confronting them and asking them where they live, or they are they uh, segregated to whatever area they live they live in. Well, much of much of that, those little um, problems come from school. Most, come from young most people. Most of those, yeah, they, they, they come from it comes from this school, and it comes from it comes from schools, and it comes from blocks. It doesn't even have anything to do with gangs. It mostly comes from schools, and it comes from um, you know, the, the, in the neighborhood, the proximity of one block to the next block. But much of that stuff is 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 is, 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 is uh, that territorial is in, in almost in every neighborhood. You know what I mean? These schools, you know, they, they you know, you know, this uh, this guy, he might they might all might live in the same neighborhood, but this guy got to go to another school over here. All these guys go to school over here. They don't like the guys from over there because this group of guys from this side of town go to that same school. So you know what I mean. So it, a lot of that, a lot of that stuff that happens from school, from basketball games, actually, and stuff like that. You know what I mean. And, and a lot, actually, a lot, hap- uh, a, a lot of that stuff happens. A lot of that stuff happens. It didn't happen in my day. I remember where we were friends with guys. We would we fight them tooth and nail on the basketball court. But friends of ours would um, align ourselves. And people who wanted to go to Jones went to Jones, and people who wanted to go to Evans went to Evans, and a few um, black guys would want to be special and go over to Boone. And uh, but we didn't bring that back home and 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 fight in our neighborhoods. We fight on the basketball court, and but they would always come to Jones High dances because that's where the pretty black girls were at, uh, and and nobody didn't didn't mind it. But now the schools don't allow come to their dances because they're too prone to fighting. Well, and this I'm comes just asking, by... like Dee suggested, is it that hip hop culture where all of a sudden, remember, when East Coast, West Coast, gotten and got into it, and are we just looking to, to uh, establish lines and draw differences, which then brings in that testosterone? Uh, that African Americans are uh, feeling. Like I said, Mr. Deshay, much of this comes from the media. You know, 
you, you much of this, much of what people believe about the negative side of town and the negative side of people comes from the media. Much of what you see, what's going on in our communities, comes from the media. These little boys breaking their mother's hearts, not knowing how to control their behaviors, comes from the media. This, and and, and it's coalescing the fact that when you don't have any fathers, when you don't have, when you have people that, 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 when you have this lack of responsibility with having sex, it starts there. So you want to. So what happens is when you have when you when you when you have when you have people using violence as a solution. You know our children did. You know you didn't grow up in an era where they had movies like Menace to Society and Belly and um um and um, um and Boys in the Hood and you know people listen to songs like F the Police and and things and all, all of that. So and when you did grow up in a different time, remember, this is what's being interjected into these children. So these children are listening to adult things. They're watching movies that say that say shoot him, shoot him up, kill him, kill him, kill him. They're listening to songs saying shoot him up, kill him, kill him, kill him. You know what I mean? So this is why you see this behavior. And you now what happens is you see this behavior and you've seen him shoot him up, kill him, kill him, kill him for the past thirty years now. But the thing about it is we don't own the district record labels. We don't own so when the record labels determine what we hear. The record labels say you can play that record or not that not that record. So when we understand that and we understand that the ears are connected to the brain, the eyes are connected to the brain, and we are filling our children up with this poison. So this is what you see. So this is now, and then you you couple that with, you know with the drug epidemics of the heroin, the angel dust. The cocaine. See, everybody just talks about the crack epidemic because that's because that's when you became aware of it. But before that, you had the the heroin epidemic, you had the dust epidemic, you had cocaine, the cocaine epidemic specifically by itself. Then you had the crack epidemic. You know what I mean? So what happens is we don't understand these different waves that came into our communities that came away and devalued our community. You understand what I'm saying? We're watching an amalgamation of all these things called a devaluization of our people as it is. So that's why you see now little boys that are squares who come from good homes and this, that, and other walking around with guns. This is why you see little boys. This is why you see all this stuff in these remote areas. Why? Because they're, they're, they're mimicking the behaviors of the inner city areas. What happens with the inner city areas, tough guy on every corner. So being you have a tough guy on every corner, yeah, you're going to bump heads because of every corner you got a tough guy. You don't got a tough guy every three miles like in certain areas of the country. You don't have a tough guy every every mile or every every um every few miles. So what happens is is that that's why you have less friction and less bumping of it. But when you have these people from the suburbs mimicking the people from the urban area, and that's another problem. What it is, the ghetto is the suburbs is fascinated with the, the ghetto is fascinated with the suburbs, and the suburbs is fascinated with the ghetto. So the ghetto is fascinated with this good life living that the suburbs and the urban and the black community has, and the suburban life is fascinated with the survival techniques that the people in the ghetto have. So what you do, you have them mimicking each other on both sides. You got people in the ghetto pretending to act like they're suburban, then you got people in the ghetto suburban pretending like, like they're ghetto. So this is why we see the things that we see happening. Uh, let me go to um, to uh, one of our callers. 
3095. What what are your thoughts about what we're discussing and how it seems that uh, young people are, are somehow or another just gravitating toward uh, being violent with each other based on where they live and, and the proximities of their schools? 3095, are you there? Yeah, yeah, Mr. Shea, repeat that again. What? Why do you think Mr. that uh, in, this, in this day and time that we have so much violence related to where people live and the proximity of their schools? Why are are people drawing these lines of distinction and uh, deciding that uh, you know our our distinction between colors and and deciding who they like and who they don't like? Uh, Mr. Deshay, like my brother said, is the media. The media feeds that to the society and and does that, design that between social media and the regular media. It it intensifies a lot of things. So as well, that's why I believe it comes from. It stems from it or it stems and it starts from there. Because we had some smoke and some fire. So I believe that's where a lot of it in the major part it comes from. And that's just my belief. You and Mr. Higgins lived in New York City, and you all live in a world much different from the world that we live in. Here in Orlando, in Florida, uh, everything's all spread out. And uh, we don't have... um, uh, you know, we don't have any five boroughs, as like you all call it. Um, but there is an issue that we perceive uh, that somehow or another the, the, that people in these different boroughs are not getting along. And I, I'm sure it's not the adult uh, that we are hearing it is from, uh, but it's young people. And 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 why can't you live if you live in Brooklyn? You can't have a friend in Harlem, or and I'm sure that people do. But why do we perceive that they don't? He named the main rival. He named the main rival. Hold on, Mr. Deshay. I wouldn't actually say that it doesn't go on in Florida because in in Little Haiti and Miami and Polk County, they've been beefing, and and little towns over there in Claremont is beefing with, you know, so they have – I believe in Florida because I just came from the federal institution, and, and and some of them guys been giving me stories of, you know, towns like we, we got boroughs, but y'all caught a, y'all got counties. So some of them right, counties right. is going at one another. So I want to actually just say that it doesn't happen down there. Them guys is it, it, is beefing over territory. Some of these knuckleheads got a place called Little Egypt and Poking Bean, and, and they give these crazy names to it that <sighs> most adults don't even know exist. And so you're right. There are these areas that they don't cut up and uh, decided in the African-American yeah, community, yeah. some of them within Orange County. But I guess I just said because yeah, you it, all it, had these five boroughs, and uh, 
and, and, and people just I know about you, it. And, and, I, and I think Miami, Miami is one of the ones as well that 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 that, that the history of it. Because I talked to some 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 good older guys that's from Miami, and and they 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 says they gave me some history on it as well of how they be going at it over territory and, and things of that nature too as well because it brung because it came inside the system now it's system inside the system which is the penitentiary some of them guys is right. from florida that don't sit at the same table because of beef that happened in 88 and 89 and it's still 2000 and they still bringing on of i don't like you because you're from over there and i'm from over here and we bringing that, and they and they all from Florida. So I'm just saying, right. like you know, the little beef that's from in New York, it, it, it you know, it, like I said, it, it comes from whatever they come from. But I'm just saying, it can't you can't say it's not from uh, Florida to have it as well. Okay, okay, I'm willing to accept that. I mean, you know, there's some yeah, things yeah. that I'm not, you know, but, but I'm not accustomed to uh, knowledge of that you might you might. Yeah, I but think that if you do a little bit more research, a little bit more research on the Yeah, but what makes it even crazy is how did the ownership of these territories all also include the women in the territory? That somehow a dude can't come date the woman in your territory, that she can only date the people in your your territory. What is, what's all that crazy? Well, 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 I believe that that's not really a major issue. I just think that was just something that's just in the air and somebody just put it there. Like, that that's not really the major issue of a female messing with one guy from a territory and another guy. It, that's just mediocre. That's just something that's that's being put out there. Like, that, that's not really nothing major, though. It was Because I never heard no story of... Oh, we can't mess with your girl because you, you know, don't come over here because you mess. I never really heard it. That's like some public school or some really junior high school stuff. Like it never was really not that never been a major. It always been over of a, a probably drug territory. They want this territory because it could get more money, and this territory is more fascinated with you know of this, that, and the other. So it always been like that. It never really, you know, the stories okay. that I got of why, you know, of why is y'all can't go over here and why y'all can't go over here. And it always been because, you know, we get more money over here and they trying to take that territory. And, you know, and, and, and like I said, the media and, and things and social media as well hiked them all the way up and, and, it, and it stirred up from there. So, I mean, you know, and Miami is a big drug trade city or whatever the case may be. And. You know, you got these gangs, Zo Pound, and you got another gang, this gang over here. And, you know, so it always got a history of it, you know? That's why, right, you know, you can right. just do the history on a Zo Pound. You do this history on a Zo Pound, and maybe you'll see, you know, that it was way back, back then. Okay. You know, but well, I do believe gonna... that a lot of it comes from the media and things like that. Okay, we're going to take a short break, and we're going to come back and give everybody an opportunity to have their final word uh, for uh, this, this evening. Yeah. You know I love music. And every time I hear something hot, it makes me want to move. It makes me want to have fun. But it's something about this joint right here. This joint right here. 
You know, it depends on what you're talking about, on you know, like what level of you know, you like you said, as among certain groups of people, everything is just fine. Like first of all, a lot of things in the five boroughs they so isolated that many of the boroughs don't even have any connection with each other. Most of the problems that happen in the five boroughs even happens through school, basketball, or jail. You know what I mean? Because that's where these people come and they come they congregate at together where people from different boroughs would come together at. So that's where most of the problems in the five boroughs comes from. In terms about now, in terms about inside the five boroughs, there's problems in, in, in terms about in, into neighborhoods. It's like any other neighborhood would have. And you know what I'm saying in terms about that. And even though, even that has a level. You have the kids, you know, who, you know the, the little kids, the ones that, you know what I'm saying, and then you have the ones that, that you know, that's really in the street. You know what I mean? So... You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's even different level. It's, it's even different levels to that. So, but in okay, terms okay. about, but you know, okay. So there you go. You know. All right, all right. Look, uh, we're gonna um, let me have uh, Cheryl. What is your final thought for this evening? Very interesting, interesting conversation. <laughs> um, it it is. Uh, I can relate to some of that, you know, when they talk about the um, areas because I know we are, well, in New Orleans, it's wards, W-A-R-D-S, that, mm-hmm. um, that uh, you know, and it's that you, so right, because it becomes their territory. I grew up in the ninth ward, 
you know, there's the ninth ward, there's the lower ninth ward, there's the seventh ward. So, um, and and they were territories. But I know in my household we had all girls, and as long as we were in our area, the guys looked out for us, the the girls that was in within their ward. Um, and then when uh, my daughter went to school, it became you know schools. What um, and they were based upon the color of their uniform. So it was that you know the schools stuck together, one school against another school. So um, why is all of this you know segregated the way it is? You know, one against another. I have no idea. Um, but even with, you know, gang-related, they, up you know, in same thing. They from the seventh ward, they from the um, ninth ward, or however. So that's something that I, I can recall, you know, when I was coming up, um, those things. But um, very, very interesting conversation. That's right. That's my final um, comment for today. Well, okay. Uh, Terrence, your final thought for this evening? Oh, my final thought is, you know, we just got to just, just come together and just, you know what I mean, unite as one. And, and and when you see somebody, like, going through it, you know, just try to speak to them and, you know, whatever the case might be. You know, but it was real interesting. This, this, this session was real interesting. And, 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 and I said, we just pray and just, you know, keep God first. Amen. All right, all right. D, what what's your final thought for this evening? Um, great show tonight, Jane. Really enjoyed it, and uh, appreciate what you do, man. And thanks for being part of the show, Mr. Higgins. Thanks a lot. Thank you. All right, Mr. Higgins, your final thought for this evening? I just well, I just want I just with the world, I just want to hope the world just have more love and peace and understanding amongst each other. I'm glad that each every Sunday or Sunday that we work to come together to come achieve that. Well, guys, I want you all to keep your ears ears open. I just recently heard, I think it was today, that uh, North Korea has sent word through South Korea um, that they're ready to, to, to talk. And um, so let's hope that uh, we're able to, to get uh, uh, out of that uh, issue with uh, by way of conversation. And, um, you know, I just heard that. So let's keep our ears open and, and make sure that uh, that is the truth, uh, that they're going to start their their high-level conversations and their talks. And uh, let's be willing man, to, to give be, what be, North man. Korea needs. Was anybody saying something? All right. So uh, again, and I want to just thank everyone for their continued support. And uh, guys, I look forward to seeing you tomorrow at 6 p.m. Care, everybody.
Can't 